0: welcome to digital therapeutics edition of digital health today and i'm your host eugene Burhovich. in the previous episode i spoke with steve driver medical director of digital therapeutics at one of the largest health systems in the u.s advocate aurora health i've been itching to get a view from a health system perspective on this show today i speak with mark beaney vice president of pharmacy care solution at evernorth Cygnus Health Services Arm, which spearheaded a digital health formulary, including companies such as Amada, QuidGenius and Hinge Health. But before we dive in, Mark and I were introduced about two years ago in the middle of the pandemic, and we had some fun and interesting discussions about the pharmacy benefit management industry. Mark has a very challenging role in a large and complex organization. But all I've witnessed as an outsider looking in is execution. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mark. Mark, welcome to the DTX Podcast. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion around a very specific view from a company such as Evernorth. I think for the listeners know that I've spent some time in a PBM industry and of course Evernorth has evolved. But before we get deeper, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your
1: background, Thanks so much for having me. I am a longtime listener, first time caller. So this is a pleasure to be here. So a little bit about my background. Born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. I grew up in the PBM known as Express Scripts. From a professional standpoint, got deep knowledge on how the PBM works in the industry. I also have a bit of background in behavioral science. So I understand how people make decisions or don't make decisions in most cases when it comes to preventative health care and taking care of themselves. And those two experiences that I have have really lent themselves to helping me and our organization create solutions that drive better outcomes for the people that we all serve.
0: Awesome. And so actually on that note, maybe just rewind us back on Evernorth held digital therapeutics, specifically Journey, when did you kick it off? How did it get started? What triggered it? Maybe even rewind us back to Cigna bundling the assets under Evernorth. So just a little bit of the history of Evernorth. It's changed logos, but also
1: strategies as well. Absolutely. So back in 2018, we started to contemplate the idea of a digital health formulary as a standalone formulary, aside and apart from our medication formularies. And what triggered it was that we started to observe, like you and many others in the industry, the vast amount of emerging digital health solutions and digital therapeutics that were starting to hit the market. And for us, it was a matter of we serve clients that range from large and small employers to health plans, to government plans, et cetera, who were also seeing the same thing, right? And they're looking at these digital health solutions and these emergent DTXs And they were very intrigued and enamored by them, but they didn't really know what was fact, what was fiction. They didn't know how to think about evaluating them. If you're a large employer, you don't have the resources or the clinical expertise to look at public data or pilot data or any type of information from a clinical perspective to determine if this is a viable solution. And then most of our plans don't have the size and the scale, even if they wanted to do something to negotiate effectively to drive value for their plan. On the other side of that equation, you have the digital health companies and the digital therapeutics companies that are looking to gain access to the marketplace. And so, Evernorth was in a really unique position and we capitalized on it when we decided to launch the industry's first digital health formulary because we could do right by our clients and the patients that we serve by working with the digital health companies to evaluate solutions through the lens of clinical effectiveness, usability, and then negotiate the best value and ensure a return on investment for our our client's health plan dollar. And so that's really what triggered it. It was that simple. And then if you think about the history of a PBM and the history of Express Scripts, we have deep knowledge on how to manage formularies. And our clients understand and can grasp the concept of a formulary. And so that's why we think about it as a formulary, even though it's apart from the medication formulary.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you answered my question because Evernorth as a broader services play, not just the PBM, because there's always a choice. You bundle it to your point as the customers know formulary, they know what to expect, they know how to model it. But then the larger Evernorth, you could have started adding a lot of these services as well, especially when it comes to pure digital health, virtual care versus a digital therapeutic. And I'll hold the prescription part
1: for a second. (laughs) You're absolutely right. This doesn't mean that we're not developing organic solutions. We are absolutely doing that. But the innovation, from the standpoint of innovation and the digital health formulary, the innovation was the formulary. It was not to have to go out and recreate, which we were not able to do, the vast amount of emerging solutions in the marketplace. The idea of the innovation was how do we create better access for these digital health companies that are creating novel solutions to the people that could really benefit from them? And that's what differentiated us.
0: You guys must be in an interesting spot. To a certain extent, there's a parent as a larger health plan, but then also you guys are, let's call it Intel inside for PBMs on that side to other health plans. And in the recent, let's call it even 12 months, but probably even shorter, there's been some And we've discussed with some other guests on the show around non-coverage for pdts how do you guys handle being yes part of cigna but then obviously managing the book of business across with other health plans how do you guys manage this i can just imagine that's part of the headaches
1: (laughs) as well well i have a lot of headaches most of them are related to my three kiddos that are always running around when i'm trying to do a podcast like this fortunately we have a quiet home today let me just back up and explain Evernorth at a macro level so that your listeners can understand how it's framed. So Cigna Enterprise, and then you have the Cigna Health Plan and Evernorth, but they're not one in the same. So Cigna Health Plan is just one of many health plans that Evernorth serves and that Express Scripts as a PBM in particular serves. And so the decisions that are made within Cigna Health Plan regarding all of their business decisions, but in this case, digital health solutions, are those decisions made by Cigna Health Plan. We can enable, as Evernorth coverage. We can enable access. We can enable innovation for Cigna Health Plan, but we do that for all of our other health plans as well. And so I think that would be helpful for the listeners to understand that Evernorth is not part of Cigna Health Plan. We are separate underneath the Cigna enterprise and that we enable many health plans not named Cigna.
0: Appreciate that distinction and I think it is helpful for many of the listeners. Maybe a little bit again as a unit and the digital health and digital therapeutic formulary. I've quoted someone that said there's dozens and dozens and dozens of evaluation frameworks and I think because it's still to a certain extent a wild wild west every large organization whether a health plan etc probably to a certain extent borrows from one ads, but ultimately it's their evaluation framework. Can you talk a little bit about your decision-making process around it and what does it take to be part of the DTX, part of the formula at Evernorth and the rigor on the evaluation that you guys go through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When we had the foresight to create the digital health formulary, we took a lot of what we knew best practices from the medication formulary. With a medication formulary, as you know from your days in the PBM, you have a PNT committee that's evaluating the drugs that are on the formulary for safety, effectiveness, et cetera. The digital health formulary doesn't have a PNT necessarily, but what we did was we created an internal panel of experts and the panel is comprised of physicians, specialist pharmacists. And these are pharmacists who specialize in disease states across chronic and complex conditions and a health services research team. And so the first step of the evaluation process is to evaluate the digital health solution through the lens of clinical effectiveness, number one. And so what this team is looking for is they're looking for outcomes data. They're looking for the methodologies that were used to produce that data. If the company that we're evaluating, the digital health company, is relatively new, we will oftentimes find ourselves looking at a potential pilot where we can create primary data together that we can be confident in. And the whole goal is to ensure that from a clinical effectiveness standpoint, that these solutions are worthy of our client's consideration. The second step is a usability evaluation. So as you know better than anyone, these are solutions that find their set themselves through patient's phone, through a connected device, et cetera. And we wanna make sure that one, they're user-friendly, that the experience that our patients are gonna have with it is relatively easy, that they're accessible for people living with disabilities. So think about things like font size, when you're looking at an app, those types of things. And we have a human factors research team that will look at in the second step, we'll look at all of those components to ensure that when we launch this in the market with a digital health partner, that the people who are using it, it works for them most of the time. The third part of it, no surprise, is the value equation. So this is where we will negotiate on behalf of our clients, our book of business, the best value. I say value, not price, because sometimes price doesn't equate to value. You can have a low price, but if you have really terrible outcomes, that's not going to do anyone any good. Or if you have outcomes that work for one person, but you can't scale it to a million people, that's not going to work. So the value equation is really looking at price, but it's also looking at the return on the investment based on the clinical downstream outcomes that this solution is going to provide to our clients. And we negotiate that. The last thing that I want to mention here is that it's not a curation. So it's not just a one and done. It is, we negotiate it. We write the contract on our paper with the digital health partner, and then we make that available to our entire book of business through our contracting. And this is good for everyone, right? This is good for the clients because they have an existing relationship with us that they can avoid the long drawn out procurement and legal evaluation and experience for them. And it's good for the digital health community because they have a one-to-many partner in us and they don't have to go try to -to hand-to-hand combat with every single potential buyer in the marketplace.
0: Well, that sound means it's time for a question from my clinical and commercial partner on this podcast, John Fitzgerald. Who is the chief medical officer and general manager of Health Excel? And as her friends call her, Dr. No Crack. Let's see what question Chandana has for our guest today. Hey, Mark, what are your thoughts on some of the newest digital therapeutics dispensing platforms that are out there? You know, a couple of years ago, but a more recent announcement from Amerisource Bergen. What are the differences if one were to be enlisted on Evernorth versus one of these other platforms?
1: I appreciate the question Chandana. I would tell you my perspective from an industry standpoint, I think it providing more access to quality solutions that are going to drive better health outcomes, better experiences is a good thing for patients. It's a good thing for payers. My Evernorth perspective is that we have those systems, those capabilities built in to our adjudication platforms and to our dispensing platforms. So, while it's good from an industry standpoint to see innovation taking place in this space, This is not something that we would necessarily rely on because we're able to do that at scale today. But I appreciate the question and I hope to see more innovation in this space.
0: I'm going to hop in here as usual. And you alluded to something interesting earlier around that patient or health consumer experience. And even though I think, again, to some of the listeners, I've spent some time in Medco Express Scripts, et cetera, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but there is an end-to-end let's call it visibility, the 360 of that patient and consumer. And I think, again, I don't know other platforms, nor it's been over a decade since I've been at the old Express. I do think there's a value in that patient experience. And so I'd love to hear a little bit, let's talk whether it's a health plan or a large self-insured employer. What is that experience of that patient that is through the formulary, digital health formulary gets, let's call it, prescribed, even though we'll touch the PDTs a little later, but prescribed or is available for a digital therapeutic. So walk us through what does that
1: look like? It's a great question. And I think it's important for especially the listeners who are developing new technologies, developing new solutions to understand that the buyer or the recipient of those is not looking at those through a straw hole. They're looking at this broader, more comprehensive approach to tackling healthcare's biggest challenges. And In 2019, we launched a platform called HealthConnect360. And this is a platform that does exactly what you described in your question and more. It ingests data from the medical claims, the pharmacy claims, behavioral data, lab imaging, biometric data from devices and digital therapeutics. We have social determinants of health risk scores built into this for people that are living in areas that have disparate care and additional needs as well as being able to ingest data from our clients' vendors, all in one platform. Now, that's just having the data. The next thing that this platform does is it creates recommendations based on machine learning and and artificial intelligence to use that data, create insights that can inform care teams on how to intervene with specific patients and populations of people. When you think about the healthcare continuum, you think about care coordination teams, case managers, nurses... Docs, providers, digital health coaches, pharmacists, they do all have access to this platform. And it allows for them to exchange notes, referrals, create customized and personalized care plans for individual patients. And all of the data, whether it's from a digital health company or a pharmacy claim or a medical claim, helps enact that. And so when we work with early stage or established digital health companies, part of what we're looking for in a partner is someone who is able to share that data so that it can be part of the bigger puzzle, the bigger piece of the program that we have in the marketplace, because we can't just tackle problems through silos. We have to look at it more broadly than that. And our clients expect that.
0: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Mark Beanie, Vice President of Pharmacy Care Solutions at Evernorth. We talked about value before, and I am going to bring back pricing. But along with pricing, would love to understand how you guys are actually setting the pricing. But also along with it is it's very sexy, let's put it that way, to get a deal with Evernorth or any large other health plan. But the upstream engagement is a key component of this. So in summary, pricing versus value and how you set it, and then more so
1: on the activation side absolutely so as you can imagine ever north we have a relatively large book of business and with that we and our clients expect that they're going to get the best value the best price for their healthcare dollar and so when we work with digital health companies and negotiate with them we find points of mutual benefit right between us and i understand if i'm on that side of the equation i'm looking for access i'm looking for volume but with that comes really the demand to create the best value the best price on behalf of our clients and as you've seen with our formulary we have a lot of notable names and we have found those points of alignment so it's worked out well for us
0: and the second part as far as still right engaging upstream yes you have a lot of clients when you talk to a lot of the startups that have landed kind of larger clients and again whether it's direct to self insured employer evernorth a health plan that upstream engaging the consumers or health consumers, patients is always
1: challenge. And you're just curious a little bit, let's unbundle that. Let's just kind of break it down by client and patient or client and member. So client, I feel really good about the work that we've done to get our clients confident in the solutions and on board. And that provides good access, again, to the digital health companies, to consumers, healthcare consumers, who they have solutions that can benefit their health. The bigger problem, though, that you brought up is activation at the consumer level. And this is where behavioral science becomes kind of a fun conversation, right? So if you think about humans and how we're wired, most of us, 99.9% of us have good intentions. The small percent that don't have good intentions, that's a whole nother podcast for another day. But most people have good intent. The problem, though, is that we don't act on that intent. So I have a treadmill downstairs that has clothes hanging all over it right now. I will tell you, Eugene, when I bought that treadmill, my intentions were good. But in terms of following through on that, you can imagine, right? I don't use it as much as I should.
0: I'm gonna challenge you right now because my wife and I set on January 10th a goal. We're 220 days in, running three and a half kilometers every day, and the goal is for a full year. So goal setting
1: and a partner alongside is a key. That's right, and I totally agree. And so, you know, kidding aside, what I would say is that in the digital health space, we are competing with everything else that's on that patient's phone. We call it thumb share. So you're competing for thumb share. And the fact is, is that most people find those things that are extremely pleasurable or extremely painful in their lives to take precedent. Everything else is in between. So why do I bring all that up? I bring it up because part of the activation equation and the goal of creating better activation with digital health solutions or DTX is to think about how you engage a patient when you're competing with things that have nothing to do with healthcare. So that's number one. Number two is meeting people where they're at. And I know that we're in a world where everything is becoming more and more digital, but if people prefer direct mail, if people prefer text messages, if people prefer email or one or the other, we need to know that. And we have advanced analytical platforms that understand how people engage with us today and what they prefer. And so we really get surgical on how we drive awareness of these solutions that we have in the marketplace. And it's worked out really well. And then I think the other thing that I would mention is healthcare literacy. If we speak to people like clinicians, they don't get it. If we speak to people how they understand and the words that they use, not that we use, they start to understand what it is we're asking them to do. And that's really important too. And so We rely a lot on our partners in the digital health space because they have done this day in and day out to tell us what works for their solution. We don't need to reinvent all that. Part of having a digital health formulary is to bring best in breed solutions to the marketplace. That's not just what happens inside of that application. It's how they drive engagement. And so if you've seen one campaign for a digital health solution, you've seen one.
0: Absolutely. And I think as an industry, there's still a lot to learn. And again, to your point, that behavioral science starts coming in very handy and the applicability of it. Just one more on this, let's call it the elephant in the room. The PDTs have been around. I think a lot of companies have dabbled with it. Why take so long? It seems to be enough evidence in certain once, right? And again, we don't need to go back on the decision-making process. Just curious, kind of
1: your thoughts on the PDT specifically. I think we're closer than you might think, but it has taken a long time. I think the biggest challenge that we have in the industry is that the payer, and I'll use the employers as an example, because they're typically the early adopters of these types of solutions. There's less, there are less decision-makers typically, you know, versus a health plan. So let's use the employer. I would venture to say the average large employer, if you were to say, define a digital therapeutic to me, probably you'd get a different answer from every single one of them. I think the education and the standardization that needs to take place still has a little more room to go so that the buyer in this case, the employer understands what it is and why it drives value for their plan. To me, that's one of the biggest challenges that we have today in progressing this part of the industry forward. And so until they understand what it is and how it's defined, I don't know about you. I know you probably go to a lot of conferences, a lot of forums, a lot of summits. We still describe it differently in the industry when asked. And the quote-unquote experts still think about it through nuanced differences. So standardization is going to be really important to move this forward.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, I think the DTA has done an amazing job trying to define and corral all the um, ecosystem around it. And, you know, maybe I'll just add to that. I think the challenge that also I see is that uh, DTX and especially PDT, well, SAMD, that's a medical device, but then on the other side, we're treating this as a molecular equivalent and this is kind of in between. And so I think people are just still grasping, is it a medical device or is it a molecule, but a software one? It's kind of sandwiched in and fighting its own way with yes evidence and outcomes but again my two cents and learning from many guests like yourself as well so let's get out of the digital and as always i asked the somewhat of a selfish question here we talked quite a bit on the pharmacist role can you talk a little bit about health coaches as well i mean we as your coach we just joined the dta we do believe that there's a person Everybody needs a person to lean on at some point in their life. So I'm curious how you look at health coaches and digital health and digital therapies.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. While the world is moving more and more digital, we still need humans to help coach and have empathy for the people that are facing into really tough challenges. So the role of the health coach is very important. Now, that health coach is only as effective as the data and the insights that they have for each of these individual patients, in my opinion, to provide better care for them, better empathy, better understanding of what the challenges they're facing, better navigation through a very complex ecosystem. And so the role of the health coach is really important. As I mentioned earlier, as we talked about Health Connect 360, they have a prominent space inside of that platform because they can help be a linchpin between care coordination teams. They can help be a linchpin between nurses and the information we send to providers. So there is definitely this yin and yang when it comes to digital and human care. And I can tell you, we hear that first and foremost from our large clients who are enamored and really interested in going more and more digital. But there's still a big piece of the equation in terms of health coaching. And so I don't see that changing. We agree. We agree. You know, as we come into an
0: end here, I always ask the question on who would you give advice to? And my two cents on it is that I want your advice to the entrepreneurs that are developing these solutions for the sake of us, the health consumers and patients. So maybe your advice to
1: entrepreneurs? To put it simply, the most important piece of advice that I would give entrepreneurs in the digital health realm, this arena, is that when you hear no from a potential prospective client of yours... I want you to hear not yet. Don't hear no, don't walk away, hear the words not yet and understand why. And part of the not yet is to understand where you can make adjustments, tweaks, fill gaps in your existing approach that can better position yourself for consideration in the future. I'll share a quick story with you. When we launched the digital health formulary in 2019, we were asked by media as to who was excluded. They wanted to know who didn't make the cut. And one of our key principles as we led up to the launch of the DHF that we was to not share that information publicly. And the reason was because in the industry, you have emerging companies who we evaluated but weren't ready yet. That didn't mean they weren't going to create something beautiful in the future, something that could create a lot of value for our clients. But imagine what would have happened if we would have published a list of any entrepreneur that didn't make the cut. And what could have happened to that company's ability to generate venture capital, et cetera. That was part of our principle because we want to move this industry forward. We want these companies to succeed. And so that's the advice I'd give them, Eugene. When you hear no, think not yet and understand why.
0: You know, it's funny. I always had in my previous team at a big pharma and actually took it here as well both on hiring, but also feedback to our partners. And I always urge investors and others, same thing. We used to say yes is a yes, no is a no, maybe is a no for now, as long as we would give the honest feedback on what are the potential improvement points as we see it. That doesn't mean that the world sees it, but as what we would wanna see. So echo that advice to entrepreneurs, no is a no for now. (laughs) That's right, absolutely. We started with you, so let's end with you. And would love to know what actually gets you up in the morning, aside from your kids. Which they do. <laughs> they do, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. So what gets me up in the morning? You know, my professional purpose, as I kind of frame it as, is to do my small piece in this industry. Big industry. I play a small role, relatively speaking, to create experiences and outcomes. And by outcomes, I mean both financial and clinical, that drive value and better lives for the people that we serve, those living with chronic and complex conditions. And some of those are my own family members, right? So this is personal to me. It's personal to all of us. And I feel so fortunate to be part of, you know, think about the digital health space. We talked about this before we jumped on, be a small part of something that's going to go on years beyond our careers. And that's what gets me up in the morning, because I see where this is going, and I love being part of it.
0: Amazing, and it's an amazing thing to pull somebody off the pillow. So kudos to you and the team, and we're going to continue watching the space and seeing how Evernorth progresses and when the first PDT will be on the formulary. So with that, thank you so much for making the time, Mark.
1: All right, take care. Thank you, Eugene. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for tuning into the Digital Therapeutics Edition of Digital Health Today a production of Mission-Based Media. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player so you're automatically notified each time I speak with one of these amazing leaders and trailblazers who are forging the path for digital therapeutics. If you'd like to learn more about Your Coach Help or Health Excel, you can find the links to this and more in the show notes for this episode. I'm Eugene Borovic, and catch you next time.